Adam Schefter, Kevin Costner's best pal, our ESPN NFL insider, joins us courtesy of Bet River Sportsbook. Good morning, Adam. But hold on a second. Did you say four first-time head coach loses? Basically, so we had Vance Joseph, we had Vic Fangio, we had who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody. Josh McDaniels, Hurricane Josh. Josh McDaniels, Vance Joseph. Right? Was he after Josh? Well, no. In between, you had. John Fox, Gary Kubiak. But if you're looking at the time, the last four times that they have hired a first-time head coach, it's been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they're at a spot where it, it, it's tough for them, I think. It's tough for them where this franchise is to go hire a first-time head coach. Not that it can't be done. If there's somebody that, that blows them away and it's so impressive and they believe in them, you can do it, but I think I think that's a little riskier than hiring Jim Cobble, Dan Quinn, Sean Payton. You come up with the guy that has been a head coach before um, and has had some experience and understands uh, what it's like to sit in that chair because it's different. It's just different. And I think that was one of the problems that some of these first-time head coaches struggled with over time. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that, you know, I mean, you – Sometimes you, you peter principal out, right? You raise to the level of your competence. And I, I think it's really hard because you lose some of that relationship or that relation that relational aspect of coaching when you leave the coordinator job and you head to the head coaching job. And so I, I think there's a big difference there. Let me ask you this really quick because Sean Payton, you know, is still out there. He's still interviewing with different teams and, and all those things. But now all of a sudden there's a report that uh, – and if it's your report, I apologize. But all of a sudden, now it's Mickey Loomis of the Saints and the general manager of the Saints looking for maybe two first-round picks. What now, uh, is, is that? Report. Okay. Not my, and what I would say to that is this. He could say he's looking for 10 first-round picks. It doesn't matter. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's going to be, in the end, I believe it's going to be a first-round pick and then maybe some change depending on where he goes and what's negotiated. And let's also be honest. You know what Mickey's going to be negotiating that trade with? Sean. That's right. Sean is going to do the trade for Sean. Sean's going to do the trade for Sean when he has a new team. Sean is not going to be of the mind with his good friend Mickey Loomis to go trade his next two first-round draft picks. So, with all due respect, I would be floored if they got two ones for him. What you're hearing, Adam, handicap, where are we at right now with Sean Payton? Uh, Where do the Broncos fit? Well, I had a good meeting with them on uh, Tuesday in Los Angeles. It was Greg Penner. It was Condoleezza Rice. It was George Payton. And, you know, from what I understand, it was a a very strong meeting. I I think Sean left there even more impressed than he thought he would be. I think that they liked him. I think they're looking at everybody, honestly, because from their standpoint, Denver's standpoint, you're saying, okay, we like Sean Payton, and we think Sean Payton will be great. Is it worth giving up whatever we have to, a one and then some, to go get him when we could go hire Jim Caldwell, Dan Quinn, David Shaw, who you come up with the guy. That's what they have to wrestle. And we are not in that room to hear those answers and to know what they're feeling in their gut. We're just speculating on the outside. And so, you know, to me, Sean Payne's instant credibility and will turn around a franchise and those owners, that interview team, 
has to decide whether or not that's worth it. Yeah, that that I mean, obviously they've got a lot to do right there. I think I think the other thing, and, and like I said, I said yesterday on the show, and I tried to convince Mike, and so I want to throw this theory by you. So Sean Payton has come out and said, "Hey, man, I want great ownership, right?" And I think part of great ownership is not only you know ownership with deep pockets that can they can spend the money, but also ownership that doesn't meddle. Like that's that to me is is an important aspect. Like appoint your coach, but empower your coach to be in control and let him deal with the football stuff, and we handle the business of owning a football team. Okay, so that's part of the ownership. And the other thing is quarterback. And I think the only franchise that has a coaching vacancy that has both of those requirements is the Denver Broncos. So I told Mike, it's either for Sean Payton, I I felt like it's either Denver or go back to TV. What do you say? Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, I think Denver has to be exceptionally impressed with Sean to the point where it decides it's worth everything that it's going to give up to the Saints and to Sean Payton, and he's that much better than any other candidate. And if you're Sean Payton, you're looking at it, and there are five openings this year. Four of the five teams have expressed interest in him. He's interviewed with or will interview with at least three of the five. And he knows that if he doesn't like any of these jobs this year, if it's just not perfect, if he likes Denver but doesn't love Denver, if he likes Carolina but doesn't love Carolina, all he has to do is sit back and wait because next year there's going to be eight to 10 openings. So the amount of people coming at him will be that much greater. And there might be something that's even more enticing. So Denver's not bidding against Carolina or Houston right now. I think Denver is trying to see whether Sean's that much better than these other guys. And Sean has to decide whether Denver is better than all the openings that are going to be taking place within the next year, which there will be plenty because there always are. Visiting with Adam Schefter. Adam, our buddy Mike Kliss reporting that for the second round of interviews, presumably Mm -hmm. the final round of interviews Uh with these candidates, that GM George Payton will not be involved, that it'll be Greg Penner, his wife, and Rob Walton. Any, Any red flag go up there? Uh, the fact that Peyton would not be involved in round two? You know, I don't think so. Um, to me, this is a group that paid the record sum that they have. Uh, they've, they've been pretty successful at running a business. Okay, so I think they know people. And in a way, I almost find it refreshing that you're bringing a non-football viewpoint and perspective into the final decision-making process, right? Rob Walton has made a lot of good business decisions over the years, as has Greg Penner and his wife. So to me, that's, that's – I, I have no issues with that. You don't read into a loss of power here for George Payton being – the message being sent that, that George may be the GM in title but not in terms of power? Yeah, Listen, they're coming off a, a really tough season. And so it's, it's only natural. Like, there were people wondering. We talked about it on the show. U.S. is George going to be back? I said to you, George will be back, right? And, and that, that, that people deemed as newsworthy 
because there was a question. Well, he's back, but I think he, he knows he's not the grand poobah of the organization coming off a year like that. And, and, and George is smart enough to recognize, I'm going to defer to these people who have just spent $4.65 billion. And as long as this team recovers and rebounds, um, then it's not going to be an issue. And, and so I, I, I don't think George is concerned about that. I don't think he raised any red flags. I think these people are doing what they have to do. If it's not, it, it, just in your estimation, if it's not, do you have a favorite candidate? If it's not Sean Payton, then do you have a guy that you feel like, based on all the people you've talked to, would be kind of um, a, a leader in the clubhouse? It's a tough one. I mean, I think uh, I've always been a fan of Jim Caldwell. I think Dan Quinn is great. I mean, th- those are two guys. I haven't spent time with D'Amico to know. You know, Denver brought in Aaron Glenn a couple of years back, and apparently he knocked the doors off. I don't know why they're not talking to him again. I guess they, you know, they want somebody with some experience. Um, I've advocated for a long time when they were making changes that they should have looked at Mike Kafka. Nobody listened. And Mike Kafka, I think, will go out to be a really good head coach in time. And he's got interviews after Saturday's divisional playoff game. So, there are guys there that fit the bill, but it's difficult to just say it's this guy when I'm not a part of that process. Right. You know, I haven't sat down with these guys for hours to have them answer lengthy questions about their perspectives, their approaches, and how they would run things and who they'd want on their staff. Adam, are you uh, hearing anything about where uh, Ijero Evero will or may end up? I, I think he's got a real shot in Indy. I think that he's going to be a head coach. He is going to be a head coach. And it may not be this year, and this may just be a warm-up back. And by the way, the Broncos are coming off a, an awful year, and he's still got the amount of attention, rightfully so, that he deserved. And so can you imagine if he was a part of a team that's actually winning and he's got more experience and he's a bit more seasoned, he, he's going to be a head coach. I just don't know that it's going to be this year. Maybe it will be. Yeah. Last one. Uh, Stink, do you have one? Or... No, no, go. Okay. Go. La- last one for me. Uh, j- curious to get your take and maybe talking to people around the league. What's going on with the Chargers in the aftermath of them them choking away that game to Jacksonville? T- to you, is it is it a bad look for Brandon Staley that it looks like he basically sacrificed coaches to save his own skin? Well, I don't know that he sacrificed. Uh, I-, I think it was a... Uh fairly well-known secret around these circles that at the end of the year, they were going to be making changes to their staff. And I don't think it surprised a lot of people, especially after that game, uh, that it involved uh, the people that it did. And so, um, you know, listen, you know, there's certain guys in certain spots where you do what you have to do uh, to keep your job. And I think Brandon probably knows that, there's an element here that he feels fortunate to have that job because there are people wondering whether or not, including in his own organization, you know, he should be retained. And he, and he held on to his job. He's going to be the head coach. And, you know, that, 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 that organization, um, you know, they're, they're pretty conservative and careful. And, you know, I think Brandon Staley, I don't know exactly what he makes, but he was hired a couple of years ago. I'm going to guess his salary is, is roughly $5 million a year. Um, so if they fire him, they owe him 
two years of roughly ten, eight to ten million dollars. Then they got to go hire a new head coach in this day and age, where the prices of coaches have gone up, and you're not getting a head coach for anything less than eight million dollars a year, in my mind. It's certainly not a good one. And now they got to spend a lot of money on that new head coach, pay off the old head coach, pay new coaches, assistant coaches, pay off the that 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 has not been when you look at it something that the Chargers. Um, have shown that they do regularly. They're, they're a little bit more stable, a little bit more careful. And so you can't have that kind of playoff defeat and that kind of season and think somebody is not going to be sacrificed. In this case, it was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Uh, last one. I'm just kind of curious about this one yeah. as a for, for Broncos country out there. You reported, uh, you tweeted out a couple hours ago that the NFL is set to play uh, – International games, of course, next year they were they were wildly yeah. successful this year. And you mentioned the five teams set to play in them: the Bills, Titans, Jaguars, Chiefs, and and Patriots. Uh, the, the the Broncos play the Bills, Chiefs, and Patriots next year. Is there is there any any rule or stipulation that 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 says that a, a team can't play no. two international games in a row? No, but but. I do believe that that goes into consideration. It's sort of like hard knocks. If a team does hard knocks one year, they're not going to have them do the hard knocks again the next year. And so my guess would be that that's not the league's first choice. Now, it doesn't mean that Denver couldn't be scheduled in to play one of these games. That certainly could happen. But I would say more likely than not, it doesn't, considering that they just went this past season. Fair enough. Adam, great stuff, as always. Thank you. Guys, have a great day. Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook.